Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. He need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. Time for the Mad Dog Show, coming to you live from the Park Group studio in the heart of the Bulldog Nation. The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by The Sanford Company, Fincher's Barbecue, Sellers Construction, Go Clean Coat, Cherokee Brick, Progressive Communications, Jay Lee Attorney at Law, Ortho Georgia, Pelicano Construction, Jags Pizzeria and Pub, Bib Distributing, The Butler Auto Group, The Park Group, Corporate Connection, The Dog Bone, and Bulldog Illustrated. Now, here he is, your host, The Mad Dog. Mailman for Heisman. You knew it was coming. You know I bet on him at 100 to 1, and now those odds have already dropped to 18 to 1. He's in the top four for Heisman. I gave L. Duncan from ESPN such a terse tongue lashing that she won't bet with me. She's turned into a ghost, and I can assure you the tongue lashing that I gave her was therapeutic for me. Now, this is a prototype, but to commit this mailman for Heisman campaign that we're starting. We created new logos for season two and we brought in a graphic designer, which is Ansley Robinson. And she did a great job and you can find her on social media at Ruby creative co that's at R O B E E creative co. She does graphic design services and social media management. And she did a fantastic job on this. And some of you may look at this logo and say, well, that's vaguely familiar, and some of you may look at it and say WTF, as in that is way to fly, but not for this guy, not for you, and we have two versions of it, and so without further ado, here they are. On the left, you have the version that I think, I don't know, people maybe of my demographic, which is north of 50, would like. My son says the one on the right is the one that people will buy most. Definitely by the one on the left. We've got a little wager on that. So all you've got to do is go to themaddog.com and you can purchase those shirts. Or if you're in town, you can go by Corporate Connection, who is our sponsor on Forsyth Road. And so, you know, get out there. We've sold out all of ours from last year. So snatch them up. Man, I just said snatch. I mean, as in snatch these shirts up. Uh, like I said, go to the Mad Dog now, themaddog.com. So, this past weekend, we went back and had our triumphant return in Sanford Stadium. And I mean, the sights and the sounds and the smells were just amazing for the first home game after winning the Natty. The energy was palpable. 
and it was electric. And I was talking to other dog fans and dog friends, and we'd be telling stories from the natty, and we'd get chill bumps. And I'm talking about full body chill bumps, and I'm not making this up. It happened like four different times. And then the dogs just erupted into the stadium like an explosion, like, you know, conquering heroes, like the reigning kings of college football that they are. And, you know, you're just running into people. I ran into Malcolm Mitchell and his wife. And Malcolm was just, you know, doing the radio show with uh, Kevin Butler and Dantzler and Zyre, just rocking this the dopest jacket I've ever seen with peaches on it. Um, he's the only guy cool enough to pull that off. I ran into Jake Fromm and his beautiful wife. They look like movie stars. It was like all the beautiful people showed up for the George game and, and everybody that was there was beautiful. And it was just so much fun. I ran into old friends, Stu Dickens from Boulder now made the trek all the way back to Athens, which is his hometown. So I got to see him and his family and that was special. And then of course it's always special and it's always magical when you're in the skybox of the Sanford company where John Neal is holding court with a host of colorful characters. And it's also, you know, uh, Bulldog Illustrated's box too. So you got, you know, Cherie and Vance Levy in there and their happy place. They're smiling and everybody's smiling. And, and I mean, that place up there, it's just like a little slice of heaven. I mean, when you're up there, it's like time speeds up. An hour is like a minute and a minute is like a second. And it just starts flying by and you blink your eyes and it's over. And I mean, it's crazy. I mean, literally there's every candy imaginable up there. Bars of candy. There are ice boxes full of every kind of ice cream you could want with frozen candy bars. And then there's, you know, all the food you can eat, all the like three different kinds of barbecue and brisket and baked macaroni and cheese and chicken fingers and every kind of libation you could want, uh, including someone to serve it to you. Fortunately for me these days, I'm just having sweet tea and I'm just fine with that. And so with that, let's go get the picture. Here's the agenda. First, Bulldog royalty joins us. And by that, I mean Kevin Catfish Jackson. Why Catfish, you say? Well, Irk Russell nicknamed him Catfish because he said he fights like a cat and he drinks like a fish. And as we know, Irk Russell is never wrong. Then the Mad Dog has some stuff to growl and bark about. And yes, I did refer to myself in the third person. Third, we catch up with a DGD who's in demand these days. Malcolm Mitchell joins us to tell you what he's up to. And let me tell you, it's a lot. This guy's on the road and he's extremely busy with a ton of great things he's trying to make happen in this world. Next, I'm going to break down the AP top 10, but in this case, we're going to go with 12 just so we can get ready for the new playoff format. Spoiler alert, we have a new number one. Next, in the fifth slot, I will address all of you trash talkers on Facebook. Now, we already got the gift from above from Rappin' Ross D when he re-nicknamed the team the Ohio State Brown Eyes. Again, uh, an artistic, poetic masterpiece, Rappin' Ross D. So what I want you to do is do your worst. Give me a new nickname for Notre Dame now that they have absolutely, you know what it, the bed after game two. Following that, we have the segment that I say makes this show legit now. It is the Mad Dog Show Injury Report, sponsored by Ortho Georgia, featuring offensive lineman Ryan Snetzer, a former offensive lineman at the University of Georgia who now is an orthopedic surgeon here in town. He's going to give us the rundown on Arian Smith and A.D. Mitchell. Next, we're going to have 
Deke Wiggins from the dog, dog bone. He's going to come in and actually, I don't know what he's going to say. So that's what makes the show so much fun. Then Deke is going to segue into Buffalo. And as you know, this rabbit dog is larger than life. And then finally, the new segment that we're unleashing tonight that we've been working on for several weeks, and it's a betting segment, a gambling segment with a gambling guru known only as Dogger, D-A-W-G-E-R. And the legal acrobatics that we had to maneuver to pluck him off the dark web were dizzy. So let's kick this thing off with Catfish. Catfish, we are thrilled to welcome you back. The first guest we ever had is back. What's going on, my man? <laughs> man, I love it. Uh, always doing great on the right side of the dirt. And let me tell you, Mad Dog, love, love the shirt. And you. as you and I spoke years ago in, in my fraternity brother's box, we, we were both all in with Stetson Bennett. But all the other naysayers weren't. So uh, I love it. And, uh, you know, as we all know now, he's the real deal. And everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon now. But glad to be on your show again, man. It's a great show. And uh, just glad to be here. Man, I tell you what, that's been one of just like the coolest things about this is meeting people like you. You know, you're a legend. And, you know, it, it went from you're just somebody that I hear about. And now you're my friend. You know, I see you here. I see you at Georgia Games. And, you know, you've got this this big personality. You are larger than life. You walk into the room and, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's Catfish. What's going on? And then you just, you know, just start telling stories and just, you know, giving us your opinion on everything going on. And it's it's just awesome, man. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. And, you know, I, you know, like opinions are like everything else. You've got some. But I, I do, I've had a lot about <laughs> – you know, Kirby and, you know, I, you know, I'm a massive Kirby fan. I, you know, the, what he's done for the program, what he he's brought here. Uh, you know, I, I think there's no question. I, I predicted the sixth year he'd win a national championship. He did, uh, you know, basically built a, a program from scratch. And, you know, I have to say, you know, all the Georgia people pitched into our facilities were so subpar. Uh, I used to tease uh, coach Rick a lot and tell him that, and, and Greg that Moultrie Georgia, uh, you know, we had an indoor, indoor practice facility before the University of Georgia did. But, you know, I mean, everybody stepped up, but that was all driven by by Kirby, our AD. I mean, our facilities now, you know, everybody's got to catch us. But just like always, it's an arms race with the facilities, you know, and where you're training. And, uh, but it, it's something really, really, as an ex-player and, and, you know, all the alumni that pitched in, it's something really to be proud of. I mean, our, our weight room right now is state-of-the-art. You know, I think we offer an athlete everything that's possible that we can do. And, um, you know, I love the new deal. Hell, I'd love to have gotten paid too, uh, <laughs> Mad Dog. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't? I mean, I'm glad these kids are getting their due. And I, I catch a lot of flack over that. But, you know, I catch it from people that didn't play. And, they, they you know, people like me and all my teammates who are plagued with, you know, injuries that we're proud of. But it, it, it takes a toll on your body. And, uh, you know, I think I think the kids are getting paid for playing, and I think that's great. They can come out of college and they have a nest egg and have a future. I mean, how many people actually go into pros? It's a very small percentage. Uh, you know, the game's changed since I was there. And, uh, you know, winning national championship when I did and winning one in today, I mean, what Kirby and the coaches go through. I mean, God, I couldn't imagine Coach Dooler or Coach Russell if they had to let somebody come and recruit their kids. And, 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 you know, and, and they, they, they move. I mean, like, you know, and I don't know how a kid wins the national championship and then he moves over to another team. Uh, it's just it's just a different time. I think Kirby's got a handle on I think all our – and our staff, man. I mean, I went up there and uh, I, I see Will and Bobo and 
you know, Munkin and all these guys. And I really feel like that not only do we have the best coaching staff, the coaches gel very well together. I mean, it's a, it, you can't even – the bond they have in the team and how hard they work, and I know Kirby talks about it, but when you see them and you look at all the minds you have in there, plus our head coach, I mean, uh, our, our offensive line coach, uh, you, you look at every position we have now. And then the one that I love the most, and, and I, I, I have to say Kirby saw a lot of him was Coach Mike Cabin. And, you know, Coach Cabin was there when I was there. He was the discipline coach, and he was running backs coach. So I got to see him a lot after practice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and, and he's really one of my best friends. And I've never been anywhere with Coach Cabin in the state of Georgia that somebody – that doesn't recognize him or I don't, you know, he's going to prove the entire state. So, you know, Kirby bringing him back in as assistant head coach and all those years he sat on the sideline was a phenomenal move because it just helps the entire state and having a all SEC quarterback and a guy that knows the program recruited Herschel Walker. I mean, I have to give a shout out to my brother, Kevin. I mean, I just love him to death and uh, we've become extremely, extremely close uh, over the years. So I, I just think the whole staff, the recruiting processes, I mean, where we're winning everything is uh, – it's just, you know, you're coming off a national championship. I mean, it doesn't get any better. I mean, you were there. Well, we talk about it all well, the time. I still – you well. get like you said, you get chills. I mean, I was up there with teammates and friends of mine, and, you know, we were crying and hugging each other. And, I mean, and uh, my back went out. I didn't get to go with my wife, and uh, everyone else went to the game this weekend. But uh, I heard the stadium was just, just unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you what, you made about – a hundred great points <laughs> just then. I, I'm, I pretty much agree with all of them. You know, I agree with you about NIL. You know, the universities make so much money off of these guys. They don't have time for a job, you know, and, and they're, we're, how are they going to make money just to take their girlfriend out on a date, you know? And, and I could not agree more on that. The portal's kind of the same thing. These people, these players need to be free to go to another school if they can't play. And really, if you look at the trickle down effect of that, you know, if you got a guy that can't start somewhere like Georgia, maybe they go to App State or Marshall, you know, or somewhere like that. And and it kind of helps to level the playing field. So, man, they show up to play Texas A&M, Notre Dame or any of those other schools. They're not scared at all. And then, you know, to your point about Cavan. I mean, he might be one of the most beloved guys on the staff. I mean, if you look at his history with the program and everything he's done from, you know, player to coach, uh, it just made so much sense to bring him back. You know, you, you see, he, he's that guy walking through the crowd that everybody, he doesn't know them, That's but they right. know him. They're like, there's Coach That's Kevin, right. you know. That's right. And, um, That's right. And, and then your points about the facilities, I mean, they're top notch. And, and then the cohesiveness of the staff with so many Georgia guys from Cavan to Bobo to Muschamp and, and, uh, and McClendon and, and all these guys that they're, they're Georgia guys. And so, you know, you look at Muschamp and I don't, you know, he's kind of been there and done that from a head coaching perspective. He probably is like, you know what? I, I could see myself staying in Athens for a while. And, and, and not a better place to live. in, in my opinion, maybe Savannah, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He seems very happy and when I talk to him and, you know, his kids and everything, the ages they are. So, you know, I think it's a very content staff. Now, I want to rewind a bit to something you said that if you had told me that, I forgot it. Now, when did you predict that Georgia would win a natty in Kirby's sixth season? The, 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 the first season, in his first season, when I had to defend him to all these fans that wanted Charlie Strong and all these other coaches and they wanted a head coach and things like that. And I, and I said – 
And, and you know, you look at what he was left with talent-wise, it was depleted. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about the, the junior college transfers he had in, and I told everyone we had a a, 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 a meeting here at my house, and Kirby was here and had a lot of Savannah people in. We were introducing Kirby, just talking to people, wanting to get to know CEOs and things like that, and I introduced him, and I said that, He'll win a uh, a national championship in the sixth year, and it, it came true. He almost did it, and he should have done it. You know, I mean, we can shoulda, woulda, coulda. You can go back and talk about the missed calls and how we beat Alabama's ass. I don't know if I can say ass on here or not, but okay. anyway, you can tell, tell, tell. <laughs> you know, we, we beat them everywhere at the scoreboard, and can go back to the referee who you know called the offsides on the block punt, who you know later apologized to all the Georgia fans and said that, uh, you know, by the way, I blew the call. A lot of good that did those seniors that, you know, right. worked so hard. And my God, that year, best game I've ever been to in my life was uh, in that Rose Bowl. I mean, what a game. Oh, I was, and, oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, it was just unbelievable. But, uh, you know, and but the, the prediction worked out. I mean, you when you start from scratch like he did, I mean, we how many five stars? I mean, we never – we never recruited that meet that Kirby and, and his staff is so focused on the, the line, the D line. I mean, we, we never had big old lines until, you know, Sam got there and Kirby got there and brought his philosophy. And, and you look at our O line now, I mean, it's just, you, you know, the meat wins, man, up front. I mean, if you don't have the meat, <laughs> hey, hey, nothing else matters. They're not opening holes. They're not dominating O line. I mean, it, th- nothing happens. So, right. and, and I think that that was it. So that was the, prediction coach cabin was here uh you know so i, I can always say I, I i hit a pretty a couple pretty good ones the the mailman and that one were were two good ones now did you bet on the mailman to win the heisman preseason like i did well you know if i would have known about it my son did and uh, <laughs> oh, i did. didn't know about it. you know y'all you guys are a little uh you know you know what's going on more than i do i mean i live in a in another world uh that the world you guys live in, but I would have definitely taken that for sure. hundred to one. Was that what you said? hundred to one. How much did he bet? I think he bet uh, like a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. yeah and, I, and, and, and when I told people, they're like, you know what? Actually, that's a good bet. I mean, it's a hundred yeah, bucks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was but, in Vegas know, and, and that was the only bet I made. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. But but there again, here's a, a, a kid who, you know, when when you and I, we, we start talking about him and you were talking about, I mean, all the crap I had to listen to. And, you know, I'm, I'm on a couple of social media accounts and I really fought hard for him. I mean, it, it, you know, you don't look at here. You come, people don't understand what's going on with a team. I hate people that think they know more than our coaches do. I mean, look. I, I own a hazardous waste cleanup company. If you want to talk about hazardous waste, I'm going to teach. I'm going to tell you how to get rid of hazardous waste. I'm going to tell you how to clean your plant. Right? I'm an expert. Our company's number one in the world in what we do. But Kirby Smart and his staff, Munkin, are number one at knowing what they do. Why do these people want to question your coach? They make the kid feel bad. I mean, he's working his ass off. He's so mentally tough. He blocks all this stuff out. I mean, he's amazing to me. But let, let's yeah. look at it like this. Let's let's break down last year. Look at it. Uh, spring game. He got last year. He got four reps. Okay, he's fourteen quarterback. Spring, summer, and you know what? How much he gets talked to, or how much attention is paid to him? Zero. Nine. Yeah. He, he comes in. He's fourteen. He beats everybody out. He he starts every. You know, wins the national championship. Has a great season. Plays like he needs to. But now, come come where he is now. Why is he playing so much better? 
He got all the reps, man. Yep, yep. That's exactly right. Like, I mean, he's going to be twice as good this year. You know, it, yep. they, they keep they're talking about. Oh, we got this fight. We got this guy. I said you're not going to beat him out, man. The guy, he's got it. And you know who really loves him? And this is what people can't understand: his teammates. Yep, they exactly. Love him, man, you watch how they protect him last year. You know, I I don't know what I went on with JT. I don't want to know, but I could tell. There, there was some uh, dissension between him and O-line and people, and, you know, you just support him. And I like the fact that Nolan, you know, uh, stood up and started defending his quarterback. Even JT did as well. So, it, uh, it just – just everything about that kid, man, the way he works his rearing off and how hard he is and Eric Cody's from down here, I just I – give, give it his due. And, uh, you know, let's all get behind him now. I can't even believe that people still come up to me and go, you know – well, you know, we, we need another quarterback. What do you what do you mean? What do you mean? You need another quarterback? The man won the national championship. He, I, that Oregon game to me was flawless. I, I don't know how you felt about it. And uh oh, look, you know, I, yeah, I broke it down last week. I said, let's look at the six incompletions. Two of them were thrown out of bounds because there was nothing there. One of them was a uh, there were two more drops, and one of them you could say he overthrew somebody, or you could also say that guy underran it. And yeah. so, I mean, it was like almost like he pitched a perfect game. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. And uh, and then I think, you know, the defense uh, certainly is is getting the reps. And then I think fifth game, they come in to, uh, you know, they, they start playing a lot better. And, I mean, they're lining up correctly. Defensive backs look phenomenal. The new freshman kid coming in there looks like an all-world player. I mean, it's safety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that kid is just, just unreal. And, I always hate going to South Carolina, though, uh, Mad Dog. Yeah, uh, something about that stadium, man. Just you know, the the the, the uh, in the past years we hadn't played well, but hopefully, you know, we bring it this weekend, and uh, it's it's a it's it's a big big day before us. Are you going? I am not going to that game. I I I, I said I, I would not go back in that stadium uh, <laughs> again. So, I've uh, heard that. that. Stadium, that's that statement, I don't get along, and I'm too old to kick anybody's <laughs> tail anymore. But if I get hit in the head with any more towels uh, up there swinging, I mean, it's just uh, uh, it's different. But I'll be making the rest of them. Okay. For sure. That's that's good. And I tell you, on, on Stetson, you know, the players are going to respect his blue-collar work ethic of somebody that has just put in the time, you know, since 2017, left and came back. And, you know, and, and I think that to your point, that's kind of how he won the locker room and the, and the people that that I just can't even imagine what it's like for his parents, because I know nobody's uh, coming up to them and saying stuff. But I mean, in this day and age of social media, there's no way they can't hear it. I mean, that would drive me nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you think about I don't know if you remember 100 years, well, 45 years ago, Rudy came out, you know, about this. Yeah player and he's a walk-on and then you know I happen to know some of the players that played with him it was a lot of Hollywood in there a lot of things that supposedly took place didn't take place but this story to me is bigger than Rudy bigger than anything I mean this is set up for a Hollywood movie the kid comes in I mean when's I mean it is literally you know I'm sure he's looking down the road at a movie or a 30-30 on ESPN or something because what a story of perseverance and and it's something coach Russell always told us you know, you never give up. You know, those three G's, you either, you know, you, you give in, you give up, or you give it all you got every single play, and you never give up. And, I mean, good Lord, man. I mean, the times he could have hung it up and done and then hung in and came back. I mean, the resilience, it's, it's just phenomenal. 
a phenomenal, phenomenal story. And uh, the, the, I think it's, I'm so proud that he's our quarterback. He represents our school in, in such a manner that he does. And it, I mean, it, you could even make the case that it could end up if it, if the story goes like we want it to. It could be more than one movie. You know, last year could be Rocky One. This could be there Rocky Two. And if I'm Stetson, I'd be like, um, I'm going to write, produce, direct, and star in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that, I tell you, man. And, and, and I hope that I hope these kids can do that. You know, I unfortunately, you know, we won it once and played for it two more years in a row. We actually played for the national championship three times. And then my senior year, when you look at probably one of the best teams ever uh, from a schedule perspective, you know, we played Clemson on Monday night and then we played BYU on Saturday, two ranked teams. Uh, Clemson, you know, that year ended up, you know, winning the, the, uh, the national championship and it, 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 no, 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 they didn't win it. Uh, uh, Penn state won it when they beat us, but they were defending national champions. Mm -hmm. And we, we played, you know, we were the first team ever to play under the lights. And I, I can always say it on a Monday night. And uh, and then we played BYU on Saturday. And, you know, there was no recovery time. And, of course, they had Steve Young, you know, yeah. who threw the ball 74, 75 times. My, uh, my backup got injured. And I always, you know, Kevin Butler's literally one of my closest friends to this day. Right. And I was over there sucking on, uh, you know, oxygen and – Kev came in there and made that long field goal. We chased Steve Young all over the place. I mean, just dead tired. And and then, you know, then we end up, you know, beat Florida 44 to nothing. We come in there and you know, all thought we were going to win it. And we, we just had a, a lot of bad breaks against Penn State. And it's a game of breaks. Uh, you know, Todd Blackledge hit a pass. We lose, you know, 27-23. We lose it by four. Could have had another one. And uh, then the next year, you know, uh, when I was a GA, I mean uh, – Last thing was MVP of the Cotton Bowl. We lost to Auburn that year, and it, you know if we'd had Herschel, it, it would have been a, a, another one for sure, I believe. So people don't realize how hard it is to get there and how hard it is to repeat. And, and, and my expectations are, you know, we've done what we need to do. We're competitive to win the national championship every single year, no matter what happens this year. You know, all the crap and all the jokes had to took all those years that we didn't win it. Uh, and, and now we have, and uh, I think that, hey, man, we got a young coach, and I've never, ever <laughs> met anybody like Kirby Smart. And you can think you have. Nobody can outwork him. Nobody can outplay him. I don't know if the guy ever sleeps. I, I mean, Mary Beth and, you know, the kids, I mean, when they do get to see him, I mean, if you're ever around him, he'll, he'll wear out three cell phones uh, in a hurry recruiting, and uh, he, he just has so much energy. I mean, I just he just brings it all the time, every practice, everywhere. And look at his team, how they play. I mean, you go as your coach goes. You know that. And uh, we're – I mean, what is Kirby, uh, 47, 46? Yeah, how yeah something like that. Yeah, so young. I'll take that over a 71-year-old, won't you? <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever statement is now. Yeah. yeah. So, so exactly. I, I think for, for us and – the way he works and the way they recruit and the way he plans. And, uh, you know, he's, he's so in, intelligent the way he's running the program right now. And I think that, you know, we've got a lot of great years to come for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're fortunate enough to know him, you know, rest of us see him from afar and have heard him speak. I mean, what, what is it that you see in him that just has, he just, he's just wired differently. I mean, he's got an energy level like nothing yeah. I've ever seen. It's 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 just unimaginable, and he's just really, really a uh, you know a, a a guy who's it, it, he'll never forget where he came from. Uh, 
you know, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, his dad's a great guy too, a coach, uh, just, uh, you know, loves his wife, loves his kids, loves the university of Georgia. And, uh, you know, put up with a lot under Saban over there. You know, I, I, I couldn't imagine how hard it was and, and we've really never talked about it, but, you know, Saban's very demanding. I know when the offensive line coach, uh, left over there, I have an office over there. So I had to, go to a few games, uh, they ask him, you know, how he liked, you know, Tuscaloosa. He said he didn't know. He never saw it in the daytime. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's all the stories about the coaching staff coming in at Christmas and things like that. But uh, uh, I think that – and the thing I think about Kirby, he's very, very intelligent. And he could could run anything. I mean, when he talks about, you know, the huddles and the communications and these small groups, he's breaking the team in communication, communication. It's like he's running a massive company, and it's the same things I use with my companies that that I own and run. So it's uh it's just good, and uh, and he's so daggone likable, man. I mean, right? Uh, anytime you've been around him, and look at his interviews, how he sports his team, either way. So I, I think that uh, that he's he's a one of a kind, that's for sure. And he played like that. If you remember, I coached middle school football. And I always, I always said I had multiple players that weren't that big. And I, I said, you know, you remind me of Kirby Smart because he played every down like it was the last down. Go back to when he played and how well he did. He's all SEC. He's not the tallest guy in the world. I, and no offense, but uh, he, you know, he, he, he was a hell of a football player and now he's a hell of a coach. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just like you said, the team plays like their coach and, and he's, the defense to me is playing with a chip on their shoulder even more so this year because of all the talk of, Oh, well, there's going to be a drop off. There are five guys that win the first round. There's no way they can be that good. And it's almost like, good. Yeah. Keep saying that because you know, these guys are going to be out there with an attitude of we're going to show you. And so far it's averaging 1.5 points a game. Now I know that can't last obviously, but it's a damn good start. No, no doubt about it. I mean, you started out with a very tough team, uh, uh, you know, in, in Oregon and uh, national audience. And then you – I mean, I I thought we were going to win by a couple touchdowns, but my God, I mean, you destroyed them. I mean, it, it, it could have just been unimaginable what he could have done to him. He didn't take the, the – you know, he took the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. So, it, uh, it, I, yeah. It got to be hard to watch. I mean, just to stay focused because there was there was no intensity for you as a fan because it was over. You know, I, I mean, just very surprising. But then nothing. Uh, man, I, I went to a practice and and I, I saw that offense and you, you watch how they perform against. They're just that good. I mean, you, you call them tight ends, but they're in receiver positions and their guys are. You know, Brock and that big O, man, I tell you, I'd hate to know how you defend him, you know, over the middle. And then once he gets the ball, uh, the way he he runs. And then all the other, the O-line, like we talked about earlier in there, it's going to be good. And then, you know, I think Nolan is stepping up as a big leader on on defense. And, man, 88 to me, I said last year he was probably the best – overall defensive line because he not only can he play the run he, he can he can rush very well too and he's in really good shape so he, he he's a, he's a player for sure yeah the the most challenging thing for me uh so far is just all the different numbers because a lot of players change numbers and then you got a lot of guys you know coming up you know i can't it's been hard for me to wrap my head around smell munden being two you know, because I see two, yeah. and I think DB, and then you know, and then you know, uh, who was it? Uh, Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint went from seventeen to one, I think, and uh, so it's really been a challenge, but it's been great to like 
you know, just learn these guys on the fly. Cause like you said, I mean, we got all world guys coming in like Malachi Starks and yeah, uh, phenomenal. To come in and play at that level already, you know, there's something to be said about it. When you, they, you're an actual five-star recruit, I think there's something to be said. The way 247, IMG, all these things that they come out of now for sure. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, in the past we're reading stuff in the offseason. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. But then you don't really see him. But <laughs> the first game, right. that That's guy right. was out there. And I think he I played like the – Maybe the second highest or third highest number of snaps on defense. Yeah, and then that 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 uh, interception he made, and then the coverage. You know, they just shut him down. It was it was really immaculate defense from a coverage standpoint. Almost made you feel sorry for Bo Nix. Almost. Never. Never. Almost. Never. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what? Last question. What game on our schedule, other than the SEC championship, concerns you the most right now? Tennessee. Me too. That's 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 the one that I think that's going to be tough. Uh, I didn't think Florida was that good, and Kentucky proved that. You know, I thought, you know, you're not playing in the SEC, I, I, but I really think Tennessee is. It, you know, I watched them. You probably watched them against Pitt, and uh, I think they're the ones that you know. Of course, you know Kirby's going to. Every one of them is going to worry. He, he he's never going to talk ahead. But if, right. uh, if if there were one that I thought that's going to be one because I think they're they're going to be far improved and probably be undefeated by then. And, and if you look at Tennessee last year, if you look at that game, you know, they played us tighter than you think they did. If you look they at about five, five plays go different, it's a different game. And a big difference was when they pulled Brini out and put Billy Poole in there that, and then exactly it tightened right. up. You're exactly right. And uh, that's the one that, uh, you know, really that sticks out to me. So hopefully, you know, we'll be ready. But it's going to be a battle, I can tell you right now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough game for sure. Well, thank, thankfully it's going to be – on our home field. It, that's exactly right. Big difference. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I don't know how it is. I always knew that, you know, as a player, uh, th there's nothing like playing between those hedges. And, you know, we had 87, 90,000 people there. And, you know, it just – it's a different feel than in an away game. And, you know, Kentucky and other places like that, I mean, uh, they were always cranked up and it motivates you. It motivated me as a player, and I know it motivates these kids today too, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a special place, and uh, you're um, that's you're fortunate. But I know you earned every word of uh, snap you had, so I don't know if that's the right word. But lucky, or that's not even the right word. But it's just so cool that you got to have that experience. I mean, to yeah. be on that team with the people you're on. I mean, it's just it's legendary. And and, and we're still you know extremely close. Uh, I'll see Herschel Thursday. You know, Herschel and I are really good good friends. Of course, he's. He's bit off a lot, as uh, right. uh, for, you know, for sure, and uh, working really hard. And then, of course, you know, all the guys. I mean, we're still like brothers and uh, uh, very, very special. That national championship team, we all support each other. We know when someone has issues or anything, and everybody's always ready to, to step in and help, for sure. And and one thing I, before I go, uh, Malcolm Mitchell is a very, very good friend of mine. He's, he's like my little brother. You know, uh, he was just down in Savannah and uh, stayed with me in my guest house about a week but if you have not seen the malcolm mitchell reading show what he does in these schools and what he's done for literacy i am so proud of that young man and i love him so much i mean i love him he knows how much i love him and uh, uh when you go and you see what he does in these public schools and the show he brings and what he's done for literacy i had no idea 
the in the state of Georgia and in the United States, how many kids can't read. Right. And uh, have you seen his show, uh, Mad Dog? I haven't seen actually, the show. I've seen the books, and I mean, his website's um, amazing. It, it's unbelievable. It, it's it's unbelievable. And, and the magician he brings and the way he reads it, and you have all these, you know, thousands of kids reading together. Uh, he was at my grandkids' school here, and we got to spend a lot of time with him. And, uh, you know, actually, we probably went out every night living, living out there with me. And uh, just, just can't say enough about him, and I love him to death. He's, he's very, very – like, I always call him my little brother. I guess I could be his dad, though, as old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is crazy. That is so cool. I had no idea that you guys had any connection. None. Yeah, he, I don't know if you've ever noticed, he always comes over in my, my suite and spends time with me every time he's up there. So yeah, well, yeah, we're that's, well, we're yeah, very very connected. Think, yeah, right? yeah, I can't. Uh, you know, I, uh, my wife said he was there this week. I can't can't say enough good things about him. And if people, well, you're in a city, you're watching this, and you want to really give back to your school, you know, have Malcolm come in and do his show with the magi- the magician. It, it's phenomenal. Like it's one of the best magicians I've ever seen as well. It's very entertaining. And then the read, and then his whole story is just incredible. Well, it's funny you say that because we're going to start a uh, a charitable campaign this season for his foundation, which I'm going to talk with him about, and I'll talk with you about offline, but it's already got legs, and I think it's going to be really cool. Well, fantastic. Well, it could, it's, it's for a great cause, and uh, yeah, it, it couldn't be enough. And then the fact that, you know, his story is phenomenal. When you look yeah. at, you know, he couldn't read – when he got to Georgia, what he did to write in these books and uh, you just spend some time around him, man. He's just, he's just, he's just great. So I, I can't express how much I love the kid. He's, he's just a phenomenal. I hate that he got the injury dick. Cause also don't forget he was one heck of a football player too. Oh yeah. He's got, oh yeah. He's got, he got some a nice Super Bowl ring to prove it. You hate to say it, but that catch he made against the Falcons. I know. I know. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, yeah. I had him sign a hat for me about it. So, you know, that was a, that was the catch to clinch the Super Bowl, too. So, it was a good catch. So, so I, I really appreciate you having me on. So, go dogs, brother. Go dogs. Thanks again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Catfish Jackson. He's a legend. He was the first guest we ever had. It's so great to have you back. We're going to have you I'm on so again. so glad to be here, and I'll be seeing you uh, at, at some games with my, my, my brother. I'll see you at Kent State. You got it. Take care. All right, you too. Man, what a great guy. What a great guy. Well, now I'm going to have to do a little bit of growling and a little bit of barking for a minute. And I want to start with the quote of the week, which I cannot take credit for. It comes from ESPN writer David Hale, who said, and I quote, Kentucky ended Anthony Richardson's Heisman campaign before Florida could even print up a batch of jorts to hype it. I mean, that is. Mwah. That is a brilliant, and it was glorious to watch Florida lose, as it always is. And just like I told you on the first episode, Notre Dame, highly overrated. I don't know how anybody else couldn't see that. I don't know how the pollsters see that. I guess they just get credit because they're a name, a brand, a logo, or whatever. But, you know, forget Brian Kelly's hot seat at LSU. That seat that he left at Notre Dame, it's now on fire. The coach is the first one in history to kick it off 0-3. And I feel so bad for him, I'm not even going to say his name to protect his family. So, Notre Dame will not even go to a bowl this year. Remember who told you that. App State curb stomped them 
underneath touchdown Jesus. Georgia Southern fired Scott Frost at Nebraska. Then Marshall crushed Jimbo Fisher's dreams at Texas A&M. And then there's the game that nobody can stop talking about. And you know what I'm talking about. That is the Alabama-Texas game. And I don't even know where to start. I mean, Alabama won, but the evil elf got a moral defeat on that game because as sloppy as they played, the refs saved them again. So let's recap. It was a safety called on the field, a safety. Then all of a sudden, and I, I'm watching this game at, at, at a tailgate. So the, the sounds turned down. I'm watching it. I'm going, oh, it's a safety. You know, they're just going to confirm it. <laughs> and then the ref comes back on, and I see him talking for what seemed like five minutes, trying to explain that safety away. And they're targeting. running replays, and they're so running replays. So that means that they can review the targeting aspect. But roughing the passer part, you cannot review. So even though we think it might not be, that's not going to be reviewed. This reviewable. is the play we're so talking they should about. Take off the targeting. Where's the targeting? Where, where did, where did he get? Where did somebody hit him in the head? Where did somebody use their head? You it's know, not Young's there. not even it is a down safety. here. Even, Look at that. He's still he's not down right there. That kind of he's in the grass, and it's intentional no grounding, which is a safety. So, long on fans. Totally feel your pain. And we should start a support group for all the list of teams. And it's a long list of teams that have been screwed by refs in a Bama game. But here's the, here's the key takeaway. Here's how you can make yourself feel better. Bama's facade is cracking, okay? When you have to go out in the offseason and go into the portal, you're not going into the portal for, you know, another backup O-lineman or, you know, a punter or something. When you're having to go get mission-critical skill players – like your running back and your wide receiver, that's a problem. You know, key wide receivers like Jermaine Burton, who had two catches for 10 yards last week. Um, so good job there going over to Bama. We didn't dip into the portal because we didn't need to dip into the portal because we recruit well ever since Kirby the Sorcerer Smart got to Athens. It's been a game changer. So Texas, you know, is playing Bama with like a, 20.5 point spread. Everybody's, you know, hoping that they're going to keep it close. And then their freshman quarterback comes in there and starts lighting Bama's DBs up like he's running for Heisman. And he got hurt early in the game. And then the second string quarterback came in there and it was like, it wasn't any drop off. Bama only managed 20 points. I guess their receivers were injured again, except they weren't. So you know what it means if you're scared of rat poison? It means you're a rat. And that's what they are. They're a bunch of rats. And I think that the new mascot should be the Bama single wide trailer rats. So congrats on your sloppy win because you're a bunch of cheaters. Just like in every game that's close like that, that you win and the ref gives you a call. Like Catfish was just telling the ref that called Tyler Simmons off sides and then later apologized about it. Hey, guys, my bad. Well, you know, that doesn't really help us. That took away a national championship. This changed the course of the whole season. It changed the course of the whole season for Texas. It changed the whole course of the whole season for Alabama. So, again, I'm, I'm kind of okay in the glasses half full part with Bama sticking around and being undefeated because, I mean, at this point, I feel like they're not like the Alabama of old, and I got the balls to say that. I think 
that they're on the decline because they can't recruit as well. And I want to play them and I don't want to just beat them. I want to annihilate them and I want to emasculate them so that every living creature who can hear my voice right now knows everywhere on planet earth, the power of our dogs, because here's the deal. And it's counterintuitive. You don't want Saban to retire right now. Not if he's on the downhill slide, because we got them right where we want them. We want to now be able to play them and give them a good old fashioned thrashing. But here's the problem. I don't predict that we even see them in the SEC championship game. I predict that that game is going to be dogs versus hogs. I think the hogs are going to knock them off. I think that it's possible that maybe Ole Miss knocks them off. Don't forget about the other dogs at Mississippi State because the pirate always has tricks up his sleeves. So there you have it. Bama doesn't make the CFB. Boom. Now, there's two other things that I want to talk about, and it has to do with college football final on ESPN. I want to know why unranked teams like LSU and Utah, who are playing directional schools, get all this time on camera. Because back in the day when it was us, and we might not be ranked, we weren't on camera. We were lucky if we even got a mention. But now I'm, I'm having to fast forward through all these nobodies just to get a few crumbs on the team who's number one in the country. And then there's another thing about college football final that I can't stand, and that's here's your dollar. That is the lamest thing in college sports. It's cringier than Nick Saban's Aflac commercials. You know what I do when that's a dollar comes on? I fast forward it because I feel dirty from having to watch that. It's, it's, it's just stupid. It makes no sense. Where did that come from? It's like you made it up because you thought it'd be something cool to say. Nobody cares about your dollar and the dumb things that you show. So why don't you take that off so I don't have to fast forward it anymore? So that's all I got on that. Enough of my crankiness. Let's get on with it. And our next guest was going to be Malcolm Mitchell. And it looks like we've got a problem. Hold on a second. So Malcolm is, he's finishing up a speech with the Boys and Girls Clubs in Denver. So we're going to push that till later. And we're going to move right along to the AP Top 12. The AP Top 12, and it took him a few weeks to get number one right. It's a top 12 because we got to get ready to think in that 12-team playoff format. And I want you thinking about, okay, is this team at number 12? Is that somebody that could even remotely hang with the teams that are one through four? And you know what? I really don't care because the reality is, is you're going to end up with, I don't know, at least four SEC teams. And at some point, you're going to have a final four that is made up of all SEC teams. And that's when they're going to probably try and expand it again. And that's fine. The more, the merrier. I love more college football. And so here we go. 12 is BYU. And I'm starting to come around to these guys, but just barely. And only because Jeff Dantzler, Bulldog Illustrated, is so high on them. 11 is Michigan State. And that's Sparty. I'm still not believing, but I want to, Mel Tucker. I want to believe. Keep on winning. 10, Arkansas, the Hogs. I'm definitely picking up what Sam Pittman's putting down there. And I actually think this should be much higher. Next, Kentucky. We all know that Stoops has built a great program, a football program, and a basketball school, as evidenced by the fact that this past week he became the most winningest coach in Kentucky football history as he passed the guy 
who was very obscure and obscure coach known as Paul Bear Bryant. Eight, Mike Gundy and the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. I find that very questionable. Seven, USC. Whose sleeper team are they? They're mine. I think they should be higher than that. Vegas has them right now ranked fifth as far as odds to get into the CFP. Six, Brent Venables, Oklahoma Sooners above USC. Very interesting, the connection there. Five, Dabo Clemson's Tigers, feeling like they may be on borrowed time unless they can finally get an offense, and they may have with this new quarterback that they're putting in behind ukulele. I call him ukulele because I can't pronounce his name, but supposedly this kid's doing better. They've all they got a monster defense. We all know that. They just got to find an offense. If, if four, it's like we got a name here, a name of a team that's undefeated, and that team is Michigan, and it's absolutely hilarious. They have played absolutely no one except two teams that are struggling mightily. They can't even decide on a quarterback. They have the most heinous, hideous uniforms in the history of college football. They will get their brains beat in before this season is over, and we will be laughing at them ever being ranked number four, much less in the top ten. They're going to be this year's Iowa. Remember when Iowa was ranked like number two at one point? And I told you that that was a joke and a farce. And they eventually, I think they fell out of the top 25. Michigan is this year's Iowa. Next, the Ohio State Brown Eyes. <coughs> Need some water for this one. The Ohio State Brown Eyes. I cannot say that enough. So, week three means the third home game in a row for the Ohio State Brown Eyes. Who do they play? They play the mighty powerhouse known as Toledo. Toledo. Let's recap their schedule, shall we? Well, first of all, they played Notre Dame, who is now 0-2 and just lost at home to Marshall. Toledo. They next play, after Toledo, they play Wisconsin, who just lost to Washington State. And then the mighty powerhouse of Rutgers comes to town to round out that five-game home stretch that they kicked the season off with. And let me remind you that they play eight out of their 12 games at home. Oh, did I mention they played Arkansas? Yeah, they played Arkansas State. Arkansas State. Can you even find them on a map? I can. It's in Jonesboro. Do you know their mascot? I don't. Nobody does because they're Arkansas State. And that's who they play. Their schedule is as Big of a bad joke is the one referees play on all of us with this next team, and that is, of course, Bama, whose sordid, adulterous love affair with the entire referee world knows no bounds. But they just found out why in the natty that the number one team in all of the land is still our defending national champions, University of Georgia Bulldogs. I love saying that. Woo! All right. Dropping out, of course, from this year's rankings, this week's was Texas A&M and Notre Dame. Now, speaking of Notre Dame, I want to go to Facebook, and I want to take a look at any new nicknames that you may have for Notre Dame because I want to kick it off with a new nickname that I have for them, and that is Our Old Ladies Wasted White Punching Bags. I think that that's pretty good. What do you think, Park? You think that, I mean, that's that's kind of like it's it's transcribing, you know, the fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Our Lady. Old lady, drunken Irish. No, it's too much. The old lady's wasted white punching bags. All right, I want to say, can anybody top that? Can anybody top that? (laughs) 
No one can top that. Not even rapping Ross D. Good. They are now, until somebody tops it, the old ladies wasted white punching bags. Now, we come up next on the segment that legitimizes us, and that is the Mad Dog Injury Report, sponsored by Orthodoxia and featuring former UGA O-lineman Dr. Ryan Snetzer. Dr. Snetzer, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be back. Another big win Great. for a dog. So, Yeah, it was great to see you and your beautiful wife and kids in Athens this past weekend, man. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time. They loved going up there. We had our uh, Letterman reunion, and uh, so it's always a good time to see uh, a bunch of former players, a bunch of guys I played with, guys that were before us, um, just get together and fellowship a little bit and watching football. Yeah, I was happy to be able to come in there and kind of crash that party <laughs> very briefly and uh, meet some folks. So let's get to it. A.D. Mitchell, take me off the ledge. What are you hearing? I'm hearing he's not going to play. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things, like if it, if it was a, a must-play game, he probably could. It sounds like he's got an ankle sprain. Based on what I'm hearing, it sounds like it was probably a low ankle sprain. They said there was a possibility that he could have come back in the game on Saturday um, if needed. Um, so it sounds like they're just kind of being, you know, just being a little protective of him, let him kind of ease his way back in. Um, you know, we got a lot of football still to go. Uh, you know, but usually these low ankle sprains are, are much quicker recovery. I think they've got him doing some some light jogging and stuff now, is what it sounded like. Um, so I'd expect him to kind of just listed his day to day, really, and, and back whenever whenever they whenever he can get get through that part. So it sounds like, you know, there's a big difference between a low ankle sprain and a high ankle sprain and a high ankle sprain is usually worse. Could you tell us kind of the difference between the two? Yeah. So a high ankle sprain is really like a, a, a disruption in the ligament that's between the, the big bone and the small bone and the, and the shin. So the tibia and the fibula, and it really kind of runs the full length of the leg. And so when you get a disruption in that, it can cause a lot more pain, takes a lot longer to heal. And that's what we consider a high ankle sprain. A low ankle sprain is really more like a sprain along the foot, kind of right along the, right at the, you know, the junction of the ankle and the foot. Um, you know, those can be fairly quick recoveries, just depending on, you know, what they are. There's, there's multiple different ligaments in the foot. Um, but usually, you know, they're anywhere from, from two to four week recovery um, on the conservative side. So we got the good one. We got the low ankle sprain. And we're, you're saying if it's a national championship he's playing, we think we that's got enough gun. Like. They, haven't, yeah. they haven't come out and said anything yet, but it certainly that's what it sounds like, given the fact that he's day-to-day -day now. High ankle sprain, you know, I think they'd have already ruled him out for the game. Right. Um, you know, high ankle sprain is usually going to be a couple weeks. Um, the high ankle sprain is also that, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when uh, Hertz had the ankle surgery uh, for an ankle sprain. It was for a high ankle sprain. They were trying to do, you know, there's there's been some procedures to try to get those to heal faster. Um, so, I don't think it's sort of, I haven't heard anything that has led me to believe that it's a high ankle sprain. Gotcha. Well, so that news is not all bad. And, and on the same lines of uh, some news that kind of has been bad, looks like it's rapidly improving is Arian Smith. I'm hearing, you know, Kirby said in his presser that he's been jogging and he's been on, he named some different machines that he was on that I have no idea what they are, but it sounded uh, yeah. encouraging. Are you hearing anything there? Yeah, kind of the same thing. It sounds like they got him doing again some light jogging. They're letting him do a little bit of running, kind of see, let him test it out, see how it feels. You know, I think again, probably another week or so on him, and uh, he'll probably be back now. They're getting him, getting him back, putting some weight on it, and getting him moving again. So, uh, given that, I mean, if you had to project a date, I'm not going to hold you to it, but I mean, what what game would you say? What date would you say? 
Let's see. I'm just going to pull up the calendar here to make sure I got the schedule right here. Uh, you know, looking at who we're playing and when, um, I would probably say I'd probably hold him out again next week. I think you could look maybe the Auburn game or Missouri, I think would be a good mm -hmm. good point. That'd be a good game for him to come back. Um, you know, make sure it's a game. You know, we don't want to push him out there in a game that he's not necessarily needed again at Kent State next week, but then we got Missouri the following week. And then, and then we're at home against Auburn, which, you know, that'd be a big game. I think, I think shooting to get back by the Auburn game would be probably where he's got his mind and maybe where the team is looking to get him back in. And so if we were being really cautious, what's the game after Auburn? I don't have it memorized. Is that Kentucky? Uh, Auburn after Auburn is uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt. So Vanderbilt at home, and then we got the off week and then Florida. So, okay. Uh, so there's some, there's some time in there to get him better. Yeah. He's got so we, we could really take our time with him if we needed to. And then it might end up being with your original prediction of Georgia, Florida. Yep. So I, I didn't really see many other injuries being talked about. Did you? I have not. I have not heard uh, really any other injuries. I looked on the, the report today of Kirby talking and didn't didn't mention anybody else really. Yeah, the the main injuries I think are over on the other side of uh, the field with South Carolina. They've got I think their edge rusher, their biggest edge rusher's out, and then their I think he blew out his ACL and their best linebacker. Yeah, they're 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 they they've got a few of them over there. Uh, got a little bit of a depleted team, but you know they're going to be. They're going to be hungry coming off their their loss last week at Arkansas. They're they're going to be hungry looking for something. Uh, all they're doing is hearing about why the, you know they're twenty four and a half, twenty five point underdogs. So they're going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder coming out. And, and you know, anytime you go to Williams Bryce Stadium, and that place is a hard place to play. Noon game is going to be hot. Uh, you know, I've been there, played there in two thousand two, uh, and then again in two thousand three. It's just it's a tough place to go in and play. And you hear that dang rooster crowing the whole time. It just I mean. Can't get it out of your head. And most Georgia fans just want – they don't want to go to that game because of just yeah. how their fans are and just how that place is set up. Um, and that line is – it's crazy. I don't even understand it. It's one of those things where, you know, what does Vegas know that, that we don't? Uh, obviously, yeah. they, set that, they set that line too high last week. I think they didn't understand maybe the relationship that Kirby and Hatcher have. Yeah, exactly. he's not gonna he's not gonna try and hang 52 points yeah. on him um but at, at the same time i don't think he intended to kick four field goals or actually we tried to kick five and only made four um so those have been touchdowns have been a whole different ball game but um well so far you're doing a great job you're keeping these injuries you know <laughs> really really short yeah that's best you're doing the best i can here well we sure appreciate it and uh, like i said i really think that that the sponsorship by Ortho Georgia and you coming on not only as a former O lineman and as an orthopedic surgeon just really gives credibility and, and, and makes the show feel legit. So again, thanks to you, Dr. Schnetzer, and thanks to Ortho Georgia. Thank you. Appreciate it. Go dogs. All right. Go dogs. See you soon. Good. Love a short injury report. We need to keep that streak going. And um, next we have coming on from the dog bone is Mr. Deke Wiggins, who's going to tell us, actually, he's making his season debut. Hey, David. How you doing, man? What's going on? What's going on? Living the dream, national champion. It it's is good. living the dream. It's been a good eight, your, nine months. Is that uh, your Rose Bowl shirt? Being yes, it was. I actually didn't go to the Rose Bowl. I went to the um, game after, which was sad. But um, 
No, I just got this made just so just to wear around town. Well, you know, I, I, I like I like simple shirts like that. Beat Oklahoma, mailman for husband. You know, you're, everybody knows where you stand. Yeah, I like your shirt. I've I was I was preaching that all off season. I didn't bet. I wish I would have. Um, I don't really. I didn't even think about it. But yeah, hundred bucks for a hundred to one odds. That's. I mean, he's I, in the I top three or four right now. I, I don't gamble. I never gamble. And I just happened to be in Vegas and I was like, I got to gamble on something. And so I went to the Bellagio and started looking around the sports book. And I was like, Oh, look at Heisman odds. And I was like, man, Stetson hundred to one. I'll take that. Why not? That was a good, Technic good bet. Technic technically I haven't lost any money yet. Uh, you know, it's, it's hanging out there. Um, but you know, it's who cares? Looking better every week. It's looking better every week and it sure is fun. Right. Who'd have thought? That's right. So, um, what is what is what is your biggest concern this year? Uh, I mean, I you know, I don't, I don't really. I, I'm, after last year, what I mean, how bad could it be? I mean, right. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I've never been so unstressed going into a season. It's it's fun, but um, I was just telling. I have a buddy. Um, that's actually at my house helping me out with something, but he's, I was telling him, yeah. And he's not a big football fan, but I was like, he, we live in Augusta. So we, he knows the, the rivalry, the South Carolina. I was like, we beat them 85% of the time, but the only games I remember are the other 15%. And, and I just hate them. I mean, they're just, I, so I, yeah. this game is, means a lot to me. And I don't know why, cause they suck usually, but, the first time I ever went to um, williams Bryce Stadium, I think it was 88, Dooley's last year, mm -hmm. and we had uh, Worley and Tate and the, all those and all those running backs, and we were a huge favorite, and they freaking waxed us. And it was an early in the season, so it was 100 degrees. And I remember we wore red pants, and that was the last time we wore red pants for like 20 years. Dooley – uh, UGA actually gave them to Lincoln County, which is about 30 minutes from where I live right. after that, after that game. And it's funny <laughs> because I, the, the person I went to the game with um, in, in Carolina was my best friend and his dad. And I went to all the games with him. I mean, every single game, that's the reason why I was a Georgia fan. My dad's from North Carolina, but um, he played football for Lincoln County, which is a pow was a power. And oh yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they were. Yeah, they're absolutely. like Valdosta of one A. So mm -hmm. we would go to all the games, and um, after '88, I would go to the games, and and it was funny because they had, I mean, their colors are red and black, but they would have the G on the on the pants, <laughs> the red <laughs> pants. And then in tw twenty in two thousand, when we when um, Quincy threw five picks. Oh yeah. So I, we were in the, the second to top row and it was, again, it was a hundred degrees. And um, I think they had come off a of 0 and 11 season. I mean, they, they were so bad, but it was, I've never seen this before, um, but it doesn't surprise me was when Carolina is even decent, they, their fans act like they are the um, new England Patriots. So on the way from Columbia to Augusta, I mean, you could not go a tenth of a mile without seeing a Gamecock car with all their fans pulled over on the interstate, giving Georgia fans a bird as we were driving home to Georgia. And most of them were women 
that weighed at least <laughs> 250 pounds. <laughs> and that's, I have not seen that since. I mean, uh, of any, I mean, literally pulling off the interstate just so they can flick you off. Well, I mean, they're just, they're crass. They they don't have any class. They're like LSU fans. And the problem is, you know, when typically we play them earlier in the, in the, in the Senate and they're still believing, you know, they don't know that they're average yet. And then, but the times where they do beat us, it's a dagger, you know, like a couple of years ago when they, you know, ruined our season at home. And, um, right. But, but you touched on something too, that is, uh, dangerous for a fan and and that's fan complacency. It's like it's like we've the pressure's off, man. We climbed the mountain last year. It's like, hey, whatever happens this year, you know, it's 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 gravy. And I think of myself like last year. I mean, I felt this massive sense of urgency with who we had and who we were playing. And I felt like the stars had aligned. And you know, we felt like that so many other times before. But I was like, literally, like this is it. This is the team. And I don't want to let myself get complacent, you know, I, I, because the, you can't, the, the years where you have it teed up with this kind of talent, man, they're fleeting. And I know Kirby is the godfather of college football right now, and he's going to keep recruiting at this level. But man, I, I just, we got to, we got to keep that intensity. We got to keep it turned up. No, I, I'm still, I'm still, in, I'm, yeah, I'm intense. Um, but it was like it was a re- almost a relief that we finally won one and we don't have to hear about 1980 which i love 1980 every one of my passwords well i shouldn't say that a lot of them are 1980 <laughs> but there's a word before it so anyway um but i'm not worried about the team and i and i wasn't anyway because of how many new players that are good that really weren't big factors. I mean, on defense, I still think our defense is going to have some games where they struggle. I just think – I don't think they're they're just not quite as stout against the run. But the, but the thing is, is that everybody on defense is so fired up to be finally having a big role that they're not – I mean, they're going to come out every game and just, you know, kill it. I mean, I think. I mean, they're going to give it their all. And even on offense um, – Stetson, I mean, he's not, you know, we got no worries there. And then, you know, we've got people like A.D. Mitchell, who should be, hopefully will be back soon, and Rosemary, Jack Saint, and um, McConkie, and even, um, you know, Big O, that they, they, I mean, they could have monster years. I mean, last year, some of those guys had really good years. And McConkie did, and, and A.D. Mitchell had, like, the biggest catch in, in 40 years. But, you know, and with Pickens gone and, and, and Kyrus Jackson too, they, they're all good players and now they really get to shine. And so they're not going to be complacent at all. And then in the running back, I mean, Kendall Milton, you know, and um, McIntosh are studs, but they just, they haven't, some of it has been injury to, to Milton, but now it's their time and, you know, they're fired up and the yeah. line is, you know, just kicking ass. So I, if, if we uh, we have a tough stretch between, you know, uh, Florida and Kentucky. That's going to be tough because mm-hmm. we play yeah. four straight. But um, I don't see us, I, and I don't see Florida being able to handle us. They, I don't. I thought they were way overrated after 
uh, all the hype with Utah, but that'll be a tough stretch for sure. I don't know if we'll win all those four games, but even if we lose one, we'll still be um, – we should win the East, I would think. See, I don't like the way you're talking. I don't want to. I don't want any of this talk of even if we lose just one. We, if, if okay, this is we'll gonna, just them if, this is, if this is going to happen, we're <laughs> running the table, and that includes Atlanta because there's still something out there that we haven't done. We haven't done back to back, and we haven't had a season where we won 15 straight games. So there's that. Now, to I your can, point about receivers, he, he and all those guys, you're absolutely right. He is distributing the ball everywhere, including the running backs. And, and it's almost like, okay, Burton, I kind of I understand now your rationale behind leaving because it's hard to get a lot of targets when you got that many weapons out there that can catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and it, I mean, the, the, the freshman I hear are good, Dylan Bell, I mean, yep. yeah, I think he's going to be a stud. And it sounds like Arian Smith's going to be back way sooner than we thought. So, yep. um, I mean, any week, I mean, Brock Bowers has like only had like, what, three or four catches. And you, we know he's going to – It's it might be Saturday where he just goes off, you know. It's like the, the defensive coordinators have said, you're going to beat us, but not with him. And so they're just put, probably putting their best guy or two guys on him which, fine, do that, because eventually he's going to get open anyway. And in the meantime, Big O's open, or AD, or Marcus Roseby Jack Saint, or, you know, name the receiver. Right. So, so, so like, hey, to change the subject a little bit, I, I know yeah, that you, um, you call in to Paul Feinbaum some, and I, I watch him. My wife's like, why do you watch this stupid show? And I, I was like, well, I only watch him during the season and only when Georgia's good. Um and, and believe it or not, they have a show the 12 months. But today, right before your show, your buddy Legend called. After, it was, the I guess, his first call in after their game. And he was pretty funny, but he went off classic with just cocky and, and just went off on their coordinators and their scheme. And really, Pete Golden, I mean, just went off on Pete Golden. Right. He wants him out of town. He wants him to pack his bags. And then, like, 25 minutes later, Pete Golden's dad, Skip Golden, who's a football coach in Louisiana, called in. <laughs> no it was way. hilarious. My wife was watching. She's just hysterically laughing. I mean, and he and the guy and the guy's like the guy's probably like 75 or so. He's like, I'm gonna, you know, I'd like to meet that guy in an alley and fight that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul Feinbaum was, you know, he was. He knows Skip Golden. Actually, he knows him pretty well. So he 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 confirmed it was his. It was Pete Golden's dad, and he yeah. kept trying to prime to say more. And um, it, as they went on, uh, Pete Golden's dad was he wanted to say so much. He's like, "Man, my son's gonna kill me tonight." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just like you know, I'm sure that's gonna be all over the internet. Oh yeah, tonight. I mean, I was I was getting. I was getting texts today from a friend of mine. He was like, man, it's it's just a brawl on Feinbaum tonight. Everybody's legend just went off, and people are just piling on him. Jim from Tuscaloosa has just lost his mind. And I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm going to have to check the tape when I get home. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you just don't get a coach's dad call up Feinbaum no. off of him, defend his son, and threaten to beat up 
a call a, a redneck caller that you know has never played football. It was hilarious. Well, and not only a redneck caller, uh, legend is an ex-con. He I know t- that actually I mean, got he- brought up today. I think um, uh, I think it was Jim from Tuscaloosa brought that up today. <laughs> I like, I, so man. it was it was was it involuntary manslaughter? I can never find out the true story on what happened. Do you know? I don't know. I wish no, I wish no Georgia fans would call in. It's embarrassing. Um, God bless uh, Daryl. I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but he's like, man, just, just let the Alabama fans make fools of themselves. And Oh, look, uh, I like to call in there. I've, I've given it to legend before where I, I, I was uh best of Thursday after last time Alabama yeah, lost was dressed him but, down. I guess I'm thinking more of Daryl. <laughs> you actually, re- you actually represent <laughs> Daryl. Daryl, man, he's he's fiery. Yeah. Um. So you're not going to South Carolina, or are you? Well, that's so. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, okay. I, I, so my son's 14. He's he's been going to games with me since before he remembers since he was two. Right. And he went to the national championship game. And so I told him this summer, I said, let's go to Carolina. It's an hour away. And he said, okay, that's fine. And then um, about three weeks ago, I was like, we still going? He's like, he's like, I don't know if I want to go the way you and your buddies, Bert, talk about how ridiculous their fans are and how, how sorry the town is. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. But um, it'll, it'll be a last-minute decision. Yeah. It's like I said, man, it's like – Nobody wants to go over there because of their fans, the way, you know, Bryce Williams is set up, just the obnoxious, you know, Sandman and that dadgum rooster just going off. You know, that's their version of Rocky Top. And it's just, yeah. just so. Hopefully we'll have a good good crowd, though. But um, yeah, Somebody's got to go. Yeah, somebody's got to go. And so the, you remember that in 20. 20- 2002 when Pollock stripped that ball. Yeah. So I, that was, I think that was the last time I went there. Um, and me and my dad, we got tickets from a, somebody that uh, Carolina six season ticket holder. We we're on the 50 yard line, but we were on the, in the, we were the only Georgia fans there. And I think that, that was the worst. I mean, just being just surrounded by Carolina fans in a close game, I, I made the decision. I'll never, I'll never sit in in the opposing fans section against like Carolina, Tennessee, Florida. I will check. I mean, that's 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 easy. But or Auburn. I've, been, I've had some rough times in in Auburn sections too. But tell me if this is accurate. There's there's cheesiness in this crowd. There's a lot of slick back hair or or slick hair. There's jewelry on males, which is a big no-no in my book. But yet at the same time, they're trying to be preppy. Is that did I kind of is that kind of encapsulate, you know, a, a broad demographic of South Carolina? Carolina fans? fan? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're they'll never be to me um like uh I mean because maybe it's because they just joined the SEC in ninety-two. I mean that they're still like the kind of the stepchild of the SEC. Um, they're, the inbred, like a, um, they're, the, they're the inbred cousin of the SEC. <laughs> right. They're like a newer, more recent member 
comparable to Florida fans. Right. Kind of. Although Florida yeah. fans don't try to be preppy. They're just, you know, jean shorts and, and jerseys. But but I, I have I do have a lot of friends that are Gamecock fans and they're they're nice, but if they win, I mean it, we can beat them eight times in a row, and if they beat us one time, and I won't I won't send them a, a, a text one time when we beat them right. eight in a row. They beat us one time, and they're gonna act like you know they beat us for twenty years in a row. Oh well, that's their natty. I mean, you know, they're they're never gonna win a national championship. I mean, that's a fact. I mean, you're just not gonna be able to recruit people over there unless Kirby Smart decides to go to South Carolina, and he's not. Oh man, that's 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 a nightmare right there because that almost happened. It did almost happen, and that I think sped up uh, poor Coach Rick's departure. But um, right. you know, we had to we had to do what we had to do. Love Coach Rick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Shane Beamer, but I I don't see him being there long term. There's going to be a bigger job that comes up if he can just string together winning seasons. Because you know, over there, eight and four is they're fired up about eight and four. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, the the, the East is improving. Um, and so I don't know where they'll fit in. I mean, if, 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 um, Kentucky stays on track and, and keeps their coach and I mean, Tennessee's obviously getting better. Florida's going to get better. Where is Carolina going to be? What's, what's going to happen in the East is what has happened in the West is that with Saban getting all the coaches fired in the West, Kirby's going to get all the coaches fired in the East. Yeah. And it's just going to happen. If Spurrier can't win a national championship there, nobody can. Yeah, I don't think I mean, anybody can. I, mean, I, I don't think Saban can they're, either. They're just—they're not going to get the caliber of coach that it's going to require to do that. I mean, Spurrier was the—he was—he set the bar, and nobody's going to probably even get back to that. I hope not. I, I hope yeah. they suck forever. Hey, what do you think if we brought um, Buffalo into this mix? Bring him just to just to spice it up. Let's bring on Buffalo, Mister Larger Than Life himself. Well, there hello, he is. Hello, <laughs> hello fellas. What's, What's up, Buffalo? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How y'all feeling this evening? Feeling good, good. Feeling good. All right. It's a nice discussion what? there. You guys, you guys have run the gamut through through the uh, coaching ranks here so are you road tripping to columbia i'm not i'm staying here <laughs> i haven't been there in a while i've been there plenty of times but i think uh i think this year i'm just gonna uh, you know i don't know maybe i'm getting old but I, i'm just gonna lay out the new kickoff in columbia no more reese's for me this year i i got a random text this week from from david jewel looking for some tickets to the game. Then I got a text from Dr. Ryan Snetzer saying, I want to get rid of some tickets. So that's just how mad dogs make a little magic. There. We, we had, we hooked up one dog with another dog so that now someone can be there to represent a game that nobody wants to go to. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the mad dog ticket broker office is coming next. You know, I hadn't thought of that, but that's a great idea. Although I, I do not want to get in that business. That text went back and forth between both of them. Finally, I was like, here, each of you take that guy's number. I'm out. Maybe you should hammer Jewel with a, with a, with a fee. 
I should I should have charged him a convenience fee. I should have said if you Venmo me at fifty bucks, at least two hundred dollars. Yeah, I think yeah. you're probably right. So Buffalo. Well, I'd like what do you to got? Go, I'd like to go through some observations this from this past weekend. A few SEC teams. Uh, Florida uh, watched that game, enjoyed it. Uh, even uh, Billy Napier and his gargantuan phalanx of coaches couldn't keep <laughs> Anthony Richardson from melting down and not seeing that left quarterback snatch the ball. I mean, he threw it right to him. It was beautiful and gone. Florida's two and nine on their last 11 SEC games. Did y'all know that? No. Two and nine. Okay. Are you, I just got a, a text, and I want somebody to confirm this. This is from Jeff Bolch. So it's okay. a football stat. Bolch says that Georgia is six and four in the last ten games versus USC. Is that right? Ooh. Uh, Kirby's five and one. Um, that means and then we lost three out of four to him. Yeah, we we, we beat him bad. Um, that might be right because we beat him. Rick beat him bad his last year, but then they, they beat us three years in a row before that. So that he's correct, but we are six out of last seven too. Wow that that may be the stat of the night right there because I didn't know that. That's that's would be terrifying I mean, if our you can make any stat look. You can make any stat look good if you go back to what I mean. Why did he? Yeah, but 10? I mean that's. That's 10 years. I mean, I guess so. Kirby's record, like you said, that's the most important stat, which is five and one. But still, that's a pretty good stat. It is. It is. But it doesn't scare me. We lost to Vanderbilt in Kirby's first year. I don't care about that now. Uh, this is a different <laughs> era. And I, I expect to to uh, take care of the game talks. Uh, they didn't, I think that game was a little closer score with uh, Arkansas than it actually was. I didn't watch a ton of it because I was glued to the other one. Uh, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but uh, I think I think we're, they lost their big edge rusher and middle linebacker. You know, I, I, we're on the road. I think we'll be excited. First SEC game. I look forward to to handle business Saturday. Will we cover? Yes, and I'm a pretty big pessimist. You know what I mean? I think we may cover. I'm thinking 45, 17-ish, somewhere in that area. 13, I don't know. I, I'd hate to give up a touchdown and run this streak. I don't know. I, I don't want them to score a touchdown. I, I, don't know, I don't know enough about their offense, but I haven't been hearing anything about it except Spencer Rattler, but I hadn't been hearing any superstars. I'll they take him on any day. They have some um, pretty good receivers. Their O line sucks, but they ha they have some decent skill players. And okay. They got a guy, a quarterback with a big arm. So I could definitely see him scoring on a long pass or two. But um, I, th I think we will cover. But it'll it will it'll be close as far as covering. I think we'll cover. I mean, if if the Hogs hung forty two on them, then I got to think that we can do the same thing. And just because I want to be positive, I'm going to say 42 to six. No touchdown scored. <laughs> I like it. 
Yeah, I'll field goal. That. that sounds good to me. As long as it's not a touchdown and a missed PAT, that'll be good. Yes. Us. Yeah, exactly. And I say, I see, I don't know much about their DBs. What do you know about their DBs? I don't know much about them. I haven't, I haven't that, watched um, them. No, they, they, have a, they have a first round DB, according to my son, who knows more about football than anybody. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, so that, but they're not across the board. They're nowhere near what, what we have, but they do have one, I think a safety that's really good. They have a guy named Cam Smith, like the golfer. And I don't know if that's the guy he's talking about, but he's good. He got hurt, but he came back in the game Saturday. Well, where I was going with that is I was trying to project what stats and stats might be. Um, big, big, big stats, lots of stats. You're feeling that? Lots of yards, lots of touchdowns. Yeah, I like Brock Bowers' uh, breakout day, I think. Uh, I'm looking for that. I, I, with these tight ends, I don't know how you stop them. Uh, he delivers the ball to them, and I think I think they're going to be open. I don't know how you cover them. Uh, it's, it's an impossibility. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully we shake off the malaise of last week's offense, which is a little bumpy, which is understood against Sanford, but uh, I, th I think we're going to come out firing this time. And I think Kirby's warned him, you know, we saw it last week. Surely he's talked to him about Appy State and Marshall and the like. And, you know, I don't count Nebraska that much. I'm not going to say Georgia Southern, but nice win for them. But whatever, Nebraska's no good anyway. Georgia Southern's probably better than Nebraska now that I think about it anyway. Um, sure. But, yeah, I, I, I look for us to, to have a big day offensively. And I do every week this year. I'm hoping for Stetson throws for 400 yards, four touchdowns, runs for one, and then we also have two other running touchdowns. So I'm going to revise, and I'm going to say we score more points against the Gamecocks than we did against Oregon. Just a blowout. Nice. That, that works for me. I don't. I don't quite see that, but I'll take it. It's a statement game. <laughs> Go ahead. I think Oregon was a statement game. We've made our well, statement. Now we just have to know, follow it up. It's time for a restatement game. Because, restatement. You know, we got, and then the next week's another statement. Well, you don't overlook Kent State. Don't let Kent State be your app state. Is what I always say. Apparently, they were down 7-3 to Oklahoma at halftime Saturday. That's true. That's true. I'd hate to lose to a pack of cigarettes. Remember, we almost lost a pocket change back in 2015 when Nickel State pushed us. And I'm like, we're going to lose to pocket change. This can't happen again. It didn't, thank God. That was the growing year. <laughs> Wait a we minute. almost lost to Georgia Southern, too. You yep. Yeah. 2015, we beat him in overtime. That was, we would have never lived that one down. Back, yeah, I remember back, UAB pushing us one time and rigged. UAB so wait, pushed us pretty hard well one time. Back to the pack of cigarettes. So Kent is a brand of cigarettes? Oh, yeah, it's a brand of cigarettes. You, you know that, don't you, D? I don't. Okay, I, well, I take your word for it. <laughs> it's something that, like, it's, that was in the back of my head. And, but I'd never thought about it till you said pack of cigarettes in a pocket full of change. Yeah. Well, that's what I call nickel state. That's pocket change. And, you know, Kent State is a pack of cigarettes. 
Well, I was at the Nickel State game, and I was also at the Vandy game where we lost. And that is one of the lowest feelings as a Georgia football fan that you can possibly experience. Yeah. It's pretty nerve-wracking. I was at the Nickel State, and I, I re retreated from my seat and got in the tunnel and stood there. was like, are we going to do this? I mean, are we really going to do it? I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I <laughs> at home, I couldn't, wouldn't have been able to drive. <laughs> we did win that game, right? We did. But it, we did. It was, it was close. Yeah. And and now I don't even know if they have a football program anymore. <laughs> Probably don't. I mean, you don't I ever don't you never hear about them. They may have just quit. They played so well that day. Maybe they just said, "Just shut the program." <laughs> that that's it. Went out that's on as top. good as we're ever going to do. <laughs> we almost beat Georgia at home. We're done. I think that's maybe what happened. I hadn't heard from them lately. No one has heard from them. All right. So, what do you think? Well, first of all, Deke, who's your who's your CFP top four? End of the season, who do you got? My top what? College football playoff. Who's your four teams? Um, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. <laughs> And who knows? I mean, I get, think those three. Um, I mean, I, I I guess Clemson because of the ACC, and surely they'll get better on offense. But I think Michigan's overrated. I mean, sure. I think Oklahoma's overrated. I think Clemson's overrated. I think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what about my um, boys at USC? Like I mean, USC is assembled the all-star team with a good coach, and they got a Pac-12. Yeah, that would and that would people are going to be hyping them all year. Um, oh, you know they are. Yeah, I, you might be right. I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely been. I I knew they would be better, a lot better. Um, so I could see them. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Pac-10 is not very good, but some of those teams on the road will be tough to win. I mean, that they got basically one game they can lose, and they might be able to get in it, but. Who you got, Buffalo? Uh, pretty similar to Deeks, but the USC wild card, I could see them win the bed one day for some odd reason. I, I do like Clemson's defensive line, and I think – I mean, who, how could you? They're, they're really good. But I, I think uh, I think DJU gets replaced, and I think, I think with the new quarterback they're going to – they're going to get better uh, as the season goes on, and they do have the fluff schedule. So I look for them to be there. I just, if you're, they'll get they'll get smoked. <laughs> they'll get smoked in round one. There's no doubt that'll happen. Well, yeah, that may happen. I just think they're going to get there. And if and if and if your prediction comes true, Alabama's not there. That'll be great. Then it will be USC, maybe. Well, what if that. what if? You know, Alabama loses a close one to Arkansas, who runs the table. Bama sits out the SEC championship game, and there's such a drop-off in talent, like it looks like now, that they get to back in there at number four, and we play them first round. Well, if, if – We'll beat them. If we play in Arkansas, we would have – Go ahead. I was, uh, Arkansas will not run the table. I can promise you that. There's no way in hell. But um, – okay. If we played Bama for the first time in the playoff, I, I feel good. I just 
I, I prefer not to play them twice if we can avoid it. Uh, but um, the word like out I last said, year. I, I want to play them. I think that I don't think this team's as good as last year's team. I, I want to beat the snot out of them. I do too. Once and then get get them out of the picture. Right. All right. I'm getting a message here that our our, our Vegas insider is ready. He says he loves you, Deke, but he wants to keep Buffalo on. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I will happily. Um, get off, and I enjoyed it. And um, I hope that he's got some good picks. I'm sure he will. I think he will. I think he will. Thank you for joining us from the to give us the dog bone perspective. Absolutely, man. Talk to you soon. Okay. So our legal department has asked me to read the following brief disclaimer: the thoughts and feelings expressed by Dogger are not intended to be relied upon in any way to wager, gamble, or bet on football or anything else, unless you are located somewhere that that such activity is legal. Neither Dogger nor the Mad Dog Show can be held liable for any actions taken by anyone based upon the information presented. This is all for funsies, after all. And so with that, let's bring on Dogger. Uh, that is awesome, Mad Dog. Hey, is, Dogger. I, I, great disclaimer. I, hey, Bobber. Hello. Can you, hold on. Hello, can you, Greg, from the dark web. I'm hey, okay. Dogger. Uh, you can hear me. All right, good job. I'm uh, very happy to be a first-time participant on the Mad Dog Show. Well, we're we're just is, happy uh, that we could work it out with your attorneys. Hey, can you hear me? <laughs> I uh, I wasn't too nervous about that. Yeah, just didn't want to uh, affiliate myself with UGA. I, I'm not going to pick any UGA games because I'm a big believer in the jinx, as both of y'all know. I, I'm uh, not going to not going to give my uh, game late opinions on those. Um, but um, Mad Dog, I appreciate you having me on a little bit of studying and uh, and uh, give you. I did not make any picks on this show last week, which I did watch the show. It was awesome. Uh, for anybody that's paying attention, Vegas odds. College football, the favorites went 20 and 22. So that means the underdogs went 22 and 20. But there were, as, as um, everybody's touched on tonight, there were four favorites of 17 points or more that lost their game outright, which David's favorite, uh, Mad Dog's favorite, is Notre Dame. Uh, and then a and Nebraska and Wisconsin. So that's uh, – I think Vegas had a had a good week last week, would be my opinion. I haven't seen the actual stats on that. And then uh, NFL-wise, favorites were sitting eight, and the home underdogs actually went six and two. So that's always a big thing if you're paying attention to the NFL and, and home dogs catching points, especially night, which Seattle covered that Monday night. Uh, that's a big thing. And then the over-under, the, the overs were five and nine. So, uh, obviously, the defenses were were coming in there um, pretty strong in the initial week. The offense is trying to figure themselves out. Uh, so, my, my plan is to give you just a, a few different picks, uh, three okay. different college picks. Uh, maybe one NFL Thursday night. I'll either do a Thursday night or a, or a Monday night. Uh, and then do a those of you that don't know anything about a teaser uh, NFL three game teaser you get to move a, a line three uh, or excuse me ten points so we'll throw out one of those and then we're going to do a ten 
uh, a 10 team cracker, which is, that goes all the way back to 1987. Uh, it was called a cracker. <laughs> I love it. And, and now that's called a parlay. So, uh, but still, it's uh, the 10 team cracker. If, if you can, if you can hit all 10 teams, if you're out in Vegas or in New Jersey, any other legal state, then you're, uh, and you can hit that. There's some incredible odds. $10, maybe you win 5000 So, um, again, this is all in fun, but let's, uh, I did do a little bit of studying again, but uh, let's, my three college straight picks are just with lines. Is going to be Florida minus 24 against South Florida. Um, Florida is coming off a tough loss. South Florida is terrible. My parents used to live in Tampa. They are they were good at one point. They're they're not good this year at all. So I got Florida minus 24. A little little uh, anger coming out in that game. And then uh, wait, so you're uh, you're saying you're saying take Florida? I am. So yes, I am saying take Florida minus 24. Okay. And then, uh, then you have Mississippi State against LSU. LSU at home catching two. These are all current lines as of a few hours ago that I just looked on a website and found. And uh, I, uh, Mad Dog, you're going to like this this uh, this pick because I know you hate everything Notre Dame. I, I don't like Brian Kelly for leaving Notre Dame. I do like Notre Dame, but I hate him for leaving them. So I'm going Mississippi State minus two. And then this is going to be kind of a very surprise pick. Uh, is Penn State minus three at Auburn? Auburn does not look good at all, but they haven't played anybody. I mean, they, well, they have. They haven't looked good at all against Mercer or Sanders. They said I think they played. I'm not sure who they played. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Auburn. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. You are picking the the, the Fighting Sanduskies to come into Auburn. Minus three and cover. Did I get that right? No, I'm taking Auburn plus three. Okay, okay, Auburn plus three. Okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking Auburn plus three. What I'm saying is Auburn hasn't looked good at all against two cupcakes. You're right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So no, I'm taking Auburn plus three. Okay, got it. All right. Um, and then my my uh, Thursday night, which like I said, I'll either do a Thursday or a Monday night pick. Uh, just one NFL pick. I really do like the Chargers coming into that Thursday night game. Kansas City dominated against Arizona. They really did. Made Kyler um, uh, Murray look terrible. So I just but the Chargers also look great against the Raiders. So I uh, I'm, I'm picking the Chargers plus four and a half on Thursday night. Just that's the I like having a game that's closer to our Tuesday night broadcast yeah i love a chargers raiders game too <laughs> it is gonna be a fun one yeah all right and now three team teaser is uh so for the anybody that's listening does not understand what a teaser is on a three-teamer you catch 10 points on all three teams this is probably the biggest sucker that that's available in vegas you uh i mean everybody thinks you're thinking if you get catch 10 points in any way you're gonna win but Believe me, it doesn't work all the time. Uh, so I'm going to take, say, New England versus Pittsburgh. The line is, current line is New England minus one and a half against Pittsburgh at home. So I'm going to catch New England at nine and a half. 
and take okay. them against Pittsburgh. And then Cincy Buffalo, uh, Bobby's going to love this one. Cincy versus Dallas. I know Dak's out. Cooper Rush is coming in. Uh, but Dallas is Dallas is currently minus seven and a half at home against Cincy. So take that 10 points. That is Dallas plus 17 enough. I think Dallas just uh, signed Uncle Rico to be their quarterback. <laughs> you might as well show, uh, sign you to be their quarterback. <laughs> <That'd be funny. laughs> and then uh, last one is is Tampa uh, minus three against New Orleans. And I'm going to raise that up. It's at Tampa. I'm going to raise it up to 13 and take New Orleans. All right, so you get all three of those right, and you bet 10 bucks. What do you get? Uh, three to one. So if you bet 10 bucks, you get 30 bucks. Oh, yeah, that is a sucker bet. <laughs> I'm more of a Everybody cracker. Thinks you get, Everybody thinks you get 10 points, you're going to win. Right. All right, I can't wait. Is the cracker next? Because I can't wait. The cracker parlay, the 10 team is next. I'm not going to, I'll tell you who's playing who in the line, but. I'm not going to give you any background on any of the teams. Okay. So Thursday night, Thursday night is uh, Florida State. I'm taking Florida State minus two against Louisville. Okay. For Purdue minus one against Syracuse, which is no, I'm sorry, back uh, Syracuse plus one against Purdue. You don't ever take Purdue. That's I'm taking Syracuse plus 20 against Purdue. Okay. And then uh, Rutgers is playing Temple. Rutgers is minus 17. I'm taking Rutgers. Okay. Uh, UVA, my wife's up there right now. Uh, they're playing ODU. I'm taking Virginia minus nine and a half. Okay. Uh, your favorite Irish, minus 11 against Cal. I am taking the Irish. Hmm. Cal is Cal's terrible. Okay. Not, not that Notre Dame isn't right now. Cal's terrible. Uh, hopefully they'll, they'll rally around their coach. They better. I know. No kidding. They definitely won't make the playoffs. They won't, they won't make the no, they're not the playoffs. They won't make a bowl. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I think that they will not. I think they're end up at like something five and six or something because they're some I, weird or five and seven. I fully agree. Yeah, you know my brother went there. I've talked to him a few times over the past couple of days, and yeah, he's he's not a happy camper. I bet. Um, all right, the next one is Vandy against Northern Illini. Northern Illini is minus two. And I'm going to go SEC and Vandy plus two. Okay, where is that game? That is at Northern Illinois. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> According <laughs> to what I wrote wrote out here, I like this game actually. I like this bet actually. Oregon is minus three against BYU. I like BYU. Not because of how bad the dogs 
beat the hell out of Oregon. BYU's got a pretty good team. Yeah, that, I'm coming around to them, and a lot of people are really high on them. Yeah. Plus, all their players are 30, 30 years old, 28. They've all matured. <laughs> they've always had that advantage. The youngest player on their team is 24, all the way up to 31. <laughs> <laughs> they're like full-grown men. I mean, when they're playing in one of our true freshmen, that guy just came from high school, and he's playing against a man. Let's go ahead. All right, With kids. Uh, your brother's going to like this one. You got UAB minus, minus 12 against Southern. You're taking Southern. From, yeah, uh, I am taking Southern. I mean, from what I read, Southern should be favored in that game, which is uh, that probably has something to do with the fact that they just won. But, um, but yeah, that uh, seems like a lot of points. And then uh, Houston is minus 10 versus Kansas. At Houston, I'm taking Houston minus 10. Mm-hmm. And we have one more to go. We have Washington minus three against Michigan State. And I'm taking the underdog in Michigan State when that one late night. All right. So if I were to go on a little journey to Vegas or New Jersey or the Beau Rivage or something, and I slapped down a hundred bucks on this cracker, you're telling me that it would pay me what, fifty to one? I'm. I mean, I don't know for sure. I really don't know for sure, but it would be approximately that much. Yes. If you hit all ten, that's not you. I mean, that's with. That's covering all lines. That's not. That's not straight up. So you're. So there are some underdogs in there, but they're with lines. So yeah, I bet it's forty to fifty to one. Well, I mean, so a hundred would only win you five thousand. That's a lot of work and getting stuff no, right. No, no, no. Ten, ten would only win you five. A hundred should win you. And I, I haven't done it in a, forever since I last time I was in Vegas. But if you were to go to Vegas with those and you hit all ten of those, I bet it's in the forty to fifty grand range. All right, our producer is saying a, a ten-team parlay is seven hundred and twenty to one. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, so hundreds I was, would win you seventy two thousand. Mm. Yeah, interesting for people. To <laughs> do that. Tell Park I said hello. Yeah, Dogger said hello. <laughs> Dogger, hey, by the way, do the, do the odds change based on the teams you pick? They don't because it's just not in room. not in this not in the scenario yeah, I just, just gave you. Okay. If yeah, you were to do straight just straight. Yeah, if you were to do straight just just winners, then they change. Yeah, yeah it's crazy exactly. how people win. Just they pick the upset, just you know, an underdog that to win the game outright, then they change exponentially. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's like going money line on the whole thing. Or exactly. Yeah. Whatever money line means. I've heard people talk about it. <laughs> no, um, no. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for coming, man. It's awesome to have you. And I've got a technical question. Yes. I remember in college, uh, people referring to teasing something with a cracker. Is that a maneuver? Is there a way to tease with a cracker? Uh, man, I uh, you're going all the way back to somewhere <laughs> where we were. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I don't, I don't think that is allowed anymore. If it is, I'm not aware of it. They're probably, I mean, there's, you know, I don't have access to all those DraftKings or FanDuel or any of those websites where you can bet legally these days. I, I don't, I have no idea. They're, they're, you can be so creative with, I, I read all about it just because I'm curious about it. I have no idea if that is a, I would say no would be my guess, but I don't know the answer to that. And I tried to find out a way. Um, trying to find who told me this. I tried to find out a way. It was as a progressive parlay where I wanted to bet on Georgia to win the SEC championship, Stetson to win the Heisman, and Georgia to win the Natty. And yeah. um, but a certain doctor in town yep. who will remain. I know nameless, you. I know you. Yeah, <laughs> I know who I'm talking about. Said that you can't find anybody to give action on that. But he said, but then he said, if you're if the DraftKings, might if you were somewhere like Vegas. No, they definitely would in Vegas. They on on the the proposal you just made. In my opinion, I I, I think they would they would allow definitely would add. I mean, that would but your odds on that would be. I don't know, a hundred thousand to one. They'd be a lot. Well, but but he was saying it'd be less because each one feeds off the other. You know, Georgia win the SEC championship would lead into Stetson have a much better chance of the Heisman, and both of those two things together increases the odds of Georgia winning a national championship. That's a very good point. But if you put it in right now, or if you would have put it in before the season started, and that's what I was no. trying to do in theory. Yeah. Huh? I, I um. Can, it, can we that, can we make that uh, an action item for you for next week's show? <laughs> <laughs> well, well I mean, be. of course, I'm going to take all three of those. Right. I just, I just want to know the classic. What would a hundred get you if you bet that in one? Okay, action item meaning that I need to look that up. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, just look it up. That's all you got to do. Okay. I thought you meant I need to find a place to a way to make that bet. No, no. I mean, I could <laughs> figure that out if I push in the shelf. Well, man, this has been awesome. I, like I said, I've been looking forward to this segment uh, for a while now. I'm glad we were able to preserve your anonymity by keeping you shrouded in mystery, and we can only hear your <laughs> your, your voice and your, your words of uh, wagering wisdom. So thank you. Uh, you're very welcome, uh, and I, I'm excited to have been on there, and uh, you're doing a great job with it. I love to listen to it uh, tonight as well as past time. So keep it up. Thanks, and, man. Um, Appreciate it. Look forward to being on. Absolutely, and you will. And um, I did just get a text from Malcolm Mitchell. He sent his apologies um, about the conflict. I guess it um, with the, he was right again. He's guys with the boys and girls club you can't you can't get mad at him but he said for sure he's going to be with us next tuesday so we have that to look forward to um and pretty much you know that's the end thanks for joining us please let your friends know that we're on apple music and we are on spotify and that we have our mailman for heisman shirts on our website themaddog.com so with that i'm going to say good night and go dogs